I used to feel like I was stuck and I definitely wasn't this calm. My life I felt like was on repeat and I felt like I plateaued. Most people would say I was still successful, but I felt like a lot of people either have the change forced on them or they feel like they're doing the same thing over and over. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. With me today on the Rebel Health Coach Podcast is Ken Cladoris, an esteemed wealth advisor and a leader of the self-mastery movement who has developed an online course entitled Stillness to Success to help people cut through the noise, find the stillness, and create the success they want in life. Ken compiled this course with practical lessons he extracted from years of his own self-study with a spin that is fresh and relevant to 2021. Today, we are going to dive into a little bit of his book, Getting There and Money. And I know listeners are thinking, Tom, why the heck are we talking about money on health and wellness podcast? But stress is the number one driver to doctor's visits and ultimately disease in our bodies. And since we are going into the backside of coronavirus and money has been tight for so many people, Actually, according to BlackRock's annual Global Investor Pulse survey, money is many Americans' top worry, ranking higher than health, family, and work. Worry causes sleepless nights and anxiety, so that is why we're bringing this into play today. Plus, we're going to go over his course and some other surprises. I hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you for listening. If you enjoy this show, please rate and review this on your app. And I appreciate it greatly. Have an amazing day. Good morning, Ken Cladoris, and welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. How are you this morning? Doing great. Thanks. How are you? I'm great. It's an early morning out there in the West Coast. Are you an early riser? I've become one recently. Okay. Yeah. All right. Before we dig into the book and your course and money, who is Ken Cladoris? Such a broad question, but in general, I'd say that growing up that I was just very focused on what I was trying to achieve and through different life events have gone through my own transformation from really just, you know, being a financial advisor to now trying to make an impact and, and change people's lives. That's a good thing to do, especially in these times. Yeah. We're on the back end of it, supposedly. <laughs> but who knows? I don't say that too soon. Okay, let's dive into, first of all, I want to touch base on your book because getting there, this book is, I've got it right here. I've been reading it. It's a great book. Thank you. It's a very easy read and it's really makes a lot of sense. We're going to go into your course, but the book is called Getting There, Chart Your Course to Financial Abundance. And I believe your course is called Stillness to Success. Correct. The book has an interesting metaphor to begin with, and I loved it very much in the introduction about sailing. 
As anybody have ever sailed, it's quite an experience for the first time you get out there and start learning how to sail. And your metaphor really is really quite great because it's about life. We start out from childhood and we grow into high school and we get out on our own. And lessons are difficult, man. Lessons in life are difficult, especially if you're attempting, like I said, if you've ever attempted to sail, point A to point B is really easy when you look at it, but getting to that point B is not always easy. I love the metaphor. Let's start there because it makes a whole lot of sense. When you wrote this book, you sail, correct? Now I do. Okay, good. So let's go into that a little bit. Yeah, and we'll talk about it later too. But when I had my like aha moment and came back uh, to my daily life, one of my goals was to write my book. And so I'd immediately started just to write. And at the same time, I was learning how to sail. So it was a natural fit in that what I was writing about on the finance and goal setting side would be relatable to what I was going through in life when it was learning how to sail. And so that's why the title's called Get There. Because as you mentioned, going from point A to point B looks really easy, but once you start moving, it's a constant course correction in making those adjustments. And then also in life, so many of us think that if we create an expectation of how our journey is going to go, that's the only way it can happen. We just keep focusing on that. And once we get one hurdle, we'll either stop or we get frustrated and all these emotions come up. And in sailing, you could go out with the best route and intention, but if the winds shift or something happens, you learn to go with the flow. And so again, it was just a great metaphor of what I was learning in life and relatable to what I was trying to teach in the book. Now, were you born and raised on the West Coast? Yeah. So sailing is part of life out there. Oh, I would say that boating is a part of life. Yeah. Right. So I'd always had power boats and things where you could just throttle to the destination and kind of do your own thing. But then I would always drive by the harbor and like four days a week during the summer, there's sailboat racing. And I was always like, oh man, that looks like a lot of fun. I wish I could do that. And then decided to take the first class and then it rolled through to everything else that I've been able to do now. Okay. That's awesome. Now, this book is more than just about financial planning. This is a lot about mindset in life as well, correct? Correct. So many people, their relationship to money affects everything about their life. And so I wanted to start with the basics of understanding yourself, what was important to you, the things you wanted to achieve, and create more of an emotional connection to your finances. That way you'd be more inclined to actually stick to the plan, use the energy to put the money away and do the things that are required as opposed to just having a fancy document that you never read. Okay. One thing before we dig in further is I've always thought in my mind that there's a lot of classes in high school. There's home back, there's chemistry, motor shop, woodworking, but there's no classes for financial planning or goal setting and and investing in high school. Do you believe that should be something that should be added to high school? I I think it's a very important curriculum that I was lucky enough to learn at an early age, but I know a lot of people don't. So having the opportunity to learn about finances and how money works and all of those different things, I think would be very beneficial. Now, how did you learn it from your parents? My uncle, when I was growing up, was a financial advisor. 
Okay. So he'd kind of the one that set that idea in my head of like, that's what I wanted to do. And so from an early age, I was, I was really focused on that. So I would spend my time reading and doing everything I could to just learn more about the subject. Yeah. See, I've struggled. This is an area of life that I've struggled with all my life. And sadly, I'm 62. Not sadly, I enjoy being <laughs> 62. <laughs> I wish I could go back and do it all over knowing what I know now, but I'm happy being 62. I'm happy where I'm at. And it, but it's taken me a long time to learn because it was never instilled into me. And I feel like that's most people. A lot of the conversations I have are people, right? 50, 60, 70. I never learned this. I wish I could go back. And so I think one of the things about the book and other things I'm trying to do is make the information extremely accessible to people and understandable. All right. We're in a era right now of this virus that we're kind of in between. We're supposedly done with it, but who knows? But many people, older adults especially, are struggling right now because of hospital bills or they lost their jobs. I've had a client or two that was 54 and stressed out because he you know, can't support his family, gaining weight, their hormones are out of whack. I basically deal with a lot of men with hormone issues. So stress is the number one driver, like I said earlier. So is it too late for them? And what advice would you give to them at this point? I don't think it's ever too late. You have to start at some time. And if you're listening right now and you feel it's too late, you should figure out a way to start today and just start building some momentum. And kind of, as you mentioned, there is a lot going on in the world. So again, starting today, building the momentum. And that leads us again to meditations and things because that's what I've felt really helps people lower their stress levels, become more in tune to what's going on. And then additionally, I put out an article during the pandemic about change that is forced upon us mm. and how we can fight it or not. And so I would say that if you've been in a position where change has been forced on you, while it's very difficult, if you can find ways to embrace that change and look for benefits and use it as a way to catapult you into a future that is more desirable for you. That's a, a great way from a mindset to take something and use it to your benefit. Yeah, exactly. And, and to your original metaphor about sailing or boating at all, you never, when you leave the shore and head to your destination, you really never know what you're going to encounter. I've been out in the ocean or paddleboarding on the river or lake, and it was a beautiful day, and all of a sudden the storm comes out of nowhere. Right. So you have to adjust your plans at all times, like life. In the morning, you're going to set out and do something. But like even like this recording today, the internet broke, and we had to make a, an adjustment to fix it and f continue on. Exactly. So... I want to go at this course you're offering. This is a this is a course I take you developed with the book in mind. I would say it's an evolution from the book. Okay. The time I was writing the book and learning how to sell, I was going through a, a just a lot of change as a person and had jumped into spiritual development as well. So I started meditating and doing retreats and courses and I still do them all the time, but during that time I spent a good 3 or 4 years just going deep into all the different ones. And it was interesting. So I did a week in silence. And so when I got back from all my business conversations, somehow ended up talking about silence and stillness. And so I was like, oh, this is obviously something people are interested in. 
And then I also used the feedback I got from the book of areas where people felt they needed more support and expanded on that in the course. So it was a kind of a culmination of my spiritual journey, the conversations about silence and feedback on the book of places that people needed more help. Now you did a whole week of silence. Correct. See, like everybody gets sucked there, like, oh my God, I want to learn all about it. So the first time I did a week in silence, it was in uh, Monterey County, just right there on the beach by Pebble Beach. So I did that. I did one in Santa Barbara and actually in one month, I'm doing this year's week of silence in Yosemite. Oh, nice. That would be beautiful. Well, all those places are beautiful. Yeah. I remember seeing the Grateful Dead in Monterey. Yeah. I lived out in San Diego. Nice. Yeah, that was back <laughs> when Jerry was still alive, but that was my first Grateful Dead concert ever, and it just blew me away. So let's dig into this, because I'm curious about your course. For the listeners and myself, take us through the steps of the course, and we'll get into meditation, because I actually love meditation. I've done a weekend, a silent retreat on a weekend at a monastery, which is interesting. Go to breakfast and everybody's eating, but nobody's saying anything. It's quite interesting to go to a silent retreat for a weekend. I, a week is amazing. And did you do it with a group of people? I don't know what type of meditation you're doing, but I would agree that most people have this idea that during meditation, your mind is going to be silent and you're not going to have a thought, which is false. You're going to think the whole time. It's just right. trying to return to a mantra or whatever your type of practice you're doing to create that more stillness and meditative silence. Let's talk about the meditation. You said mantra, because Maharishi, when the Beatles studied under Maharishi, and I did a course under Maharishi back when I was in high school, and then you take that mantra and you say it over and over again through your meditation. Is that what you were, are you using the, are you meditating with like headsets? Are you using the mantra? and the a Maharishi type of you know, uh, meditation. So when I started, I did start with the Maharishi transcendental meditation. So that's how okay. I learned to meditate, just because it is, as they say, the easiest way to kind of slip into that meditative state. And so I did that. And then I actually became a certified meditation instructor through the Chopra Center. Okay. And they teach primordial sound meditation which is very similar, just the mantras are a little longer and a couple of different things, but otherwise it's very similar to that mantra type right. meditation, which I, as I teach people, most people think they have a problem meditating, right? Because their mind wanders, a lot of thoughts. And so just having that centering mantra really helps people. And as you practice, it gets more into the flow and you build that muscle and habit, that so, muscle that and habit so that you can continue to meditate. I'll have to agree with you because I started meditating about two years ago. I had that struggle with, because I was doing it through the headphones, yeah. listening to some kind of a device. So I ended up one day, I was thinking, okay, how can I get better at this? And then it dawned on me that I went through this course, learning how to do the Maharishi yoga, the meditation. And I, I was like, I'm going to go back to that. So I started with my mantra because for some reason, I, my memory, I get older, my memory goes, but I could still remember the mantra that I was given. Yeah. And so I started doing that and it got much better and much deeper when I started doing that. Interesting you said that because I think so many people try to start with the technology and the whole point of meditating is to like break free and let ourselves recenter. 
So having a device that's almost causing us anxiety to go into meditation, it's like defeating the purpose. Whereas right. if you just sit with your mantra, you're like, I can do this anywhere. It's very relaxing. You have a great meditation and you go on with your day. Right. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Cause you do, when you do the mantra versus the technology, cause it really meditation should be a break from technology. Yep. A break from the, of everything, just a break from your surroundings and being out in a beautiful scenery like Monterey or Yosemite being there, you're in the element. Yeah. So I think the best way to do it, and there's many meditation podcasts that you can listen to, and I've done all a lot of them, but really the mantra brought me back to center. Exactly. Is that what you experienced as well? Yeah. And again, that's, so that's what I teach in the course as well is right. I give everybody a mantra so they can have that centering experience by themselves. And then that's how we create that stillness that we talked about stillness to success. So you have to create that stillness first. So that way the noise and the clutter and everything in the chaos of the outside world can be silenced. So you can actually hear what it is that you're trying to achieve and then act on that. And you just studied under the peak, huh? The Chopra center. Yeah. That, that guy's amazing. Right. When I first started, the Chopra center was actually in Southern California so I could make lots of trips down there, do all of their retreats and things like that. Where's it located now? That's a great question. I think currently they're partnering with a hotel in Arizona. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's the permanent location though. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the course now a little bit. You mentioned meditation. So let's take us through the modules of the course and what you actually go through. So as the name suggests, stillness to success. So the first thing is literally teaching you a mantra and basically creating that stillness for you so that you can go through the other modules centered, focused, and really understanding what it is that you're trying to achieve. And then from there, similar to the book in the book, I started with a vision statement and got a lot of feedback that that was difficult for people to really just jump into that level. So we start with yourself and then we expand out. So create your stillness, and then we go to your core values, goals, creating statements, and then end with more of like the vision statement of what you want your life to be. And just walk people through that whole that process and then give them a daily action plan and reminders so that they can meditate and then write their in their journal and move on with the day. Okay. What is the vision statement? I know a lot of people use vision boards. I've used a vision board in the past. It's pretty and glamorous looking and, but it doesn't really ever, maybe I'm doing it wrong, but do you use like a vision board or how do you do the visualization of your life? So when I say a vision statement, it's not a vision board or anything like that. Okay. It's more of like, if you think of like a large company, they have their vision statements of what they're trying to achieve so that everybody else understands what they're doing. It's a take on that. Okay. So thinking of yourself as more of like a business and like what you're trying to achieve. So what is, what is the vision of Tom and Rebel Health Coach? Like, what is the vision for the podcast? And it's taking that same metaphor technique and putting it onto yourself. Okay. So that way, again, when you're going through life, when change happens or things need adjusting, you have that North Star, right? right? Your vision statement of like, this is what I'm trying to achieve. And it makes the decisions of what to do easier. Okay. So it's kind of like a mission statement for a company. 
Correct. Your mission statement in life or vision statement, you're calling it a vision statement. So most companies have a vision, a mission, and then their core values. Right. So it's the same thing. Uh, we kind of outline and break through each of the core values for an individual and basically outline what your core values are and then build up from there to a vision statement. Okay. Now, how long is the course? It's a lot of work, right? And okay. meditating. So it's, it's four modules, but if you do all the work and spend the time, it's a, definitely a few hours. I ask that people meditate for a week before actually jumping into the content just to, again, create that stillness. Let's talk about stillness because it's hard to create. Yeah. It's really hard to create. Matter of fact, it takes me, like I get up in the morning and my first thing I do is I walk outside and ground myself with, in the grass with no shoes on because I have to, because we all live in this world and lately it's been a world of sympathetic mode of fight and flight mode because yeah. we don't know what's next. We we're scared. You go out and people are wearing masks and people aren't wearing masks and people are accusing the people where it's ugly out there. Yeah. So we're all in a, in a this sympathetic mode a lot. And the reason I get up early is first of all, my dog wakes me up. So I ground, I take her for a walk. I ground myself in the grass while I'm taking her for a walk. I come back home. I spend 30 minutes of prayer and some gratitude time before I start the day. And then in the afternoon, I usually take my time to meditate. So I kind of try and bring myself back down and get back grounded so I can finish that day out. I usually, now that I'm studying for recertification of my functional medicine, I spend a little more time at night. So I have to ground myself again before I go to bed and spend some downtime before I can go to sleep because my mind is going like this. So what do you find works best for the people that, you know, you're dealing with who are buying your course to, to do all this work? Yeah. So we teach that you meditate twice a day, first thing in the morning and then in the afternoon. And the, the purpose of that is similar to what you said is to kind of take that grounding or stillness through the morning and meditate and then take that stillness through the afternoon. And again, just to being more efficient. And then the journal is all about starting your day to have success. So it's okay. What am I going to accomplish today? What am I grateful for? What are the things that I need to bring into my life and what do I want to achieve? And then writing that out of like what the day looks like. So at least that way you're leaving the Harbor with a plan if things happen, right, you make adjustments and you can get back to it. As long as you have a plan when you leave, at least you kind of start on the right foot. Right. And you get a lot more accomplished when you do that. Yeah, I can't do without that. I, I do this book every morning before I go to bed. I write down my plan for the day and get it off my brain yeah. so I, I can sleep better. So I, I write down what I'm going to, what I want to get accomplished to the next day. And then I get up in the morning. If there's anything that's been added through the time I write that, I, I readjust it a little bit. And then I go out my day. And then, like you said, the day comes apart and you adapt like everything else in life. You're driving down the freeway and there's road construction or a traffic jam. You have to correct your course to get there where you want. Thank goodness for ways. <laughs> I think, again, if you do that first thing in the morning, at least for me, I start hitting those things on my list immediately. When people start in the afternoon needing me or trying to detract from what I'm trying to achieve, most of the time I'm already done with like my top three or five things for the day. Okay. 
Now, do you talk about health and wellness in there in your course at all? We talk about the the health benefits of meditation. Right. There's so numerous, and we have a a list of the nine things that are like the key benefits, if you will, from a success standpoint of meditation. Right. And we have that listed out for people because it's all about the mental health. And if you have your mental health in mind and you meditate and you're feeling good, it encompasses your whole life. Right. That's the, the stress or the parasympathetic and sympathetic mode. If you stay in the sympathetic mode all day long, that fight and flight, eventually your body is going to say, I can't do this anymore. And you're going to get ill. Exactly. You're either going to have stress so bad that you don't have good bowel movements or your guts deteriorated, which deteriorates your immune system. And then it just starts the ball rolling. Yeah. So if to your point about the meditation in the morning and the afternoon, you're getting out of that sympathetic mode for a bit of time and into the parasympathetic mode so you can rest and digest. Exactly. And repair. Good. Right. And then obviously it the more the, that you meditate, right? The longer of your day you spend in that mode and uh, anxiety goes down, stress goes down, and you just in general feel more fulfilled and happy in life. You look pretty happy. I get that a lot. And that's why I'm like, at least I'm a walking example of uh, right. a meditation and it works. Yeah, you're pretty chill. That's good. I wish I could have that chillness, but it takes me a bit. <laughs> keep meditating. Yeah, keep meditating. <laughs> I need about, I need to meditate more than I work these days, but. And I, obviously if you've done a, a weekend in silence, I find that's like my big refresh, if you will. Right. So my daily meditation is my daily practice. And then when the world's going crazy and I'm like, okay, it's, I need a reset. That week in silence for me is key. I've been using the paddle board as a reset lately because I get out on the river or the lake yeah. all by myself. I just kind of put my speaker on my paddle board and listen to some smooth music or whatever I'm in the mood for. And I've done the meditation. I've sat in the middle of the river or the lake and just meditated on the paddleboard. But that's my reset for the week is usually that or just getting away. How long do you recommend meditating for when you first start out? 20 minutes. 20? Yep. Do you keep it at 20 through the whole course? So we teach to 20 minutes and to maintain the 20 minutes basically. So you create that because I don't know, for me, about 10 minutes in, sometimes I'll feel really anxious and I'm like, oh my God, I got to get up and do all this work and <laughs> things like that. So I have to train myself. No, it's 20 minutes. Right. And then on the other side, if you're like, oh, I'm really enjoying this today. I want to meditate longer. You're like, no, I got to stop. It's 20 minutes. Go on with my day Okay. for the daily practice. If you want to spend a day and meditate longer, I think like that's obviously fine, but you want to create that daily habit of the 20 minutes. Okay. What would you like to add before we go? And also... Where can they find the course? Where can they find you? And I highly recommend the book. It's on Amazon. It's a great book. And I recommend it's an easy read. It's not like a heavy read. So that's like, I recommend that my clients don't read anything heavy at night. Yep. Because it, it stays on their brain when they go to sleep. So read something light. And this is a good book. It's light and easy. And it takes you to the points that you need to be working on in yourself. So what, what about the course? What would you like to add and where can they find you? So again, the course is, I would call the evolution of the book. It's all of the same content, if you will, a little less financial though. So with the course, I would say I used to feel like I was stuck and I definitely wasn't this calm. My life I felt like was on repeat and 
it was basically the same day. And I, I felt like I plateaued and was kind of stuck in that. I'll call it a rut, but most people would say I was still successful, but I felt like a lot of people either have the change forced on them or they feel like they're doing the same thing over and over again. The reason for the course was to help people break free of that, to get out of their own way and have more success in life. And so for people that are feeling stuck and things like that, it's a great way to, again, cut through the chaos of life and the clutter, create that mental clarity to move forward. So if they wanted to learn more, you can go to stillness2success.com and there's free resources available there. Again, stillness2success.com. Um, and then all the information on the books, resources, course is available at kenkladoris.com. And that's K-E-N-K-L-A-D as in David, O-U-R-I-S.com. Okay. And I'll put the links in the show notes. So that will be good. Anything else you want to add before we go? No, I really appreciate the time. And I think it's great that you did a weekend in silence. You're the first person I've talked to that's done it too. So yeah, they do it once a year. I haven't been able to go back. That was before the COVID. They didn't do it last year because of the COVID. Yeah, it was interesting. I want to go back and do it again because really a good weekend because you don't realize how little time we spend with ourselves until you do that. Can I ask just like, what was your big takeaway? I think my biggest takeaway would have been that I can live without my phone and that I can think about my, I can spend time with myself and it's okay to spend time with yourself. What about you? Very similar. So as a business owner and coach and like all these different things, I'm sure you felt the same way of like, oh my God, I can't be away for two days or for me it's a week. Right. That's just too much. So for me, it took three days of having that mental battle of like, I'm needed, something's going to be going wrong. And yeah, after the week, it was a lot of that. But my one theme that I left with was impermanence. And so that was for me, the life-changing experience of now why I'm like really calm. So between my meditation and my reflection on impermanence, I'm like, this will pass. Like, it'll be all right. Hmm. And then so to have the experience as a being opposed to being told about it, like it changes it. Like right. It's part of me. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first day I was like, oh my God, it's the middle of a Friday afternoon. I should, somebody's, but you have to hand your phone in at the door. Yeah. Yep. So I'm sitting there going, oh, somebody's trying to get a hold of me. And then I got to the point where like, who cares? Right. Who cares if they're trying to get a hold of you? And it's such a freeing experience. Oh, yeah. One of my things that kept coming up during the silent retreat is I remembered back when I first started in sales and we didn't have cell phones. We had the pager mm-hmm. and the pager would go off and you had to find a pay phone somewhere to call the pager to get the message. And it's like, man, and now we all walk around like zombies with a phone in our hands, looking down. We all have got crooked necks because we're always looking down at our phones. It's crazy how we rely on that device so much. Exactly. So we almost tethered to it. And so right. to like cut that, like we were talking about earlier, using the phone to meditate is like staying tethered to it. Right. And it's really never that far. Right. Having that mantra based meditation, which by the way is available on stillness2success.com too. We have just the meditation for those that want to at least start that practice. Okay. Is available on there as well. But being able to cut that cord with your phone and everything else is a very freeing experience and uh, makes everything else just better. Absolutely. And I, I agree 100% because that was as much as I try to get away from during the day, it's just always next to me and it's sad. Yeah. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs>
for me, my 40 minutes a day of meditation is like the right. only time where my phone is not in my hand. So how close is it though? I got to ask you a question. How close is your phone when you're meditating? I mean, it's next to me. I only use it to like see the time. I guess right. I could use a clock, but I turn it onto airplane mode. And so okay. I don't get any notifications or anything. Right. I just use it to make sure that I'm on time, but that's the only time it's off, if you will. Thanks so much, Ken. Thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, I enjoyed having you on my show and I wish you much success. I've been looking at the course. I might even try it. So, because I could use it myself to get readjusted. Are you running any specials on the course right now that you want to- The current specials on stillness2success.com. So once you download the resource, it'll let you know the current promotion. Okay. There's definitely a promotion going on. And then I guess for future things, I'll maybe let you know. So my intention is to eventually host silent retreats. So you'll be one of the people that I reach out to when we start hosting those. Nice. Yeah. Where are you going to do them at? On California? Haven't decided yet. Okay. I want it to be more of a, I will call it a spa experience Okay. as opposed to sitting in a monastery where it's like less things. I want people to be comfortable and want to go, right. but still experience all of the benefits of silence. One question. I, I interviewed a gentleman called the, it was an ayahuasca retreat. Okay. Have you thought, and he did them in Peru and Costa Rica. Have you ever thought about doing a week of ayahuasca? So I have friends that have done them. Okay. I have no interest in doing one at this point. Okay. So Behold Retreats was the retreat that I was talking about. I'm like, okay, that might be interesting. It's supposed to go back and dig up the old stuff in your past. I know people that have done it, like I said, and everybody's experience with ayahuasca is very different. Right. So there's a lot of purging usually. Right. And so I feel like <laughs> in my silence, I've purged a lot of those thoughts because you sit with them anyway. Your mind doesn't stop. So you have to sit through those and deal with the thoughts. All right. Okay. All right. Once again, thank you very much. Have a great day out there in sunny California. And thank you for coming on my show. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.